This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friend James Bean and SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com carries seeds from all of the industry's leading breeders, and with Crypto Wednesdays, James Bean's vault, and the Easy Peasy credit card checkout, you cannot go wrong with SeedsHereNow.com. Welcome back, podcast world. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff. This is episode 758 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to answer a couple of grow questions. Before I get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout outs to a few of those great folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to Jessica K. Let's send a big fist bump and a thank you shout out to Mr. Mean Green and Guido's Grow Room. I want to send a big thank you shout out to Orville Turner. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to a local, my buddy Fiscal's Organics. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Maxwell Adams. Let's send a thank you shout out to Pack Northwest Dan. I've always got a big thank you shout out to A Friend With Weed. Let's send a big fist bump to B Bala. I want to send a thank you shout out to Doc Grows. Then let's send a big thank you shout out to all of my friends at Caribou Heart TV. Big thanks and big shout out to everyone who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. And you know I do include a link in the show notes and in the video description to make it super easy for all of my friends to support the podcast on Patreon. I do want to take a moment to invite you to the Dude Grows Cup. That's right. The DGC Growers Cup is happening July 30th, uh, just outside of Fort Collins, Colorado. Team Irie Genetics will be there. A bunch of other great breeders will be there. A bunch of members of the cannabis community will be there. The Irie Army will be there. The Dude Grows crew will be there. Scotty Real will be there. The Dude will be there. Guru will be there. I will be there. White Mike should be there if things go correctly. So once again, I do invite you to the Dude Grows Growers Cup. For all the information, make sure you do check out dudegrows.com. I do also want to thank everybody for all of the great comments on the last episode. I know that the 710 episode did come out a little bit early. Uh, my recording schedule is a little bit chaotic, a little bit hectic right now. I've got to record the episodes and try to time when they're coming out. Sometimes I miss it by a couple of days. But uh, thank you for the great response to the early 710 episode. Of course, if you haven't listened to that, go listen to the 710 podcast. I do talk about what 710 is, what 710 means to me, how 710 did evolve. Thank you for the great feedback on that. I do appreciate it. Uh, it is really lucky that I did record that show early because I tried to record yesterday and I experienced a power outage in my recording space. That's right, the transformer uh, on my block exploded. Uh, smoke came out of it, a bunch of flames came out of it for about a minute and then it petered out. Then the power was out in the whole block for several hours. So there was no work done yesterday, uh, no podcast recording, no seed packaging, no editing, no progress was made. I simply jumped in the car and went for a ride and tried to stay cool and keep the phone charged. So I'm really lucky that I did record that 710 episode a little bit early because last night I was unable to utilize the studio space. So here we are catching up today, but uh, there was a power outage. So I'm really lucky that I got that going. Thank you guys for all of the uh, the feedback on that 710 episode. I do appreciate it. There is more stuff that I do want to loop back and touch on on that 710 episode. Some things that I may have missed. And I was reminded because today I saw a friend by um, a friend of mine went to a bodega. If you live near a bodega, you know what that is. 
basically just a small store uh, with a bunch of random products in there. A lot of times you'll find ethnic products in there. A lot of times you'll find off-brand products in there. Uh, a lot of weird random shit in the bodega, but you could survive out of there if you need to. It's basically a convenience store, but also a bunch of random items in there. Anyway, one of the members of the Irie Army today did pick up a dab rig, complete and ready to use for $35 at a bodega. So don't think you've got to spend a ton of money on a smoking device on a good dab rig. Uh, I've got rigs that cost, uh, well, we don't need to talk about dollars. I've got expensive rigs and more affordable rigs. And honestly, the rig I hit the most is one of the more affordable devices in my collection. It works well. It functions well. Uh, it's clear glass. It doesn't have a lot of color. It's not real fancy, but guess what? When I put the dab in the banger, I put the carb cap on it, and I inhale, that rig punches me in the face. It is, it's like a right hand right to the jaw. It's beautiful. I enjoy it. Uh, none of the other rigs hit like that. I paid a lot of money for them. They're really pretty. They have a lot of color, a lot of fancy design, a lot of function, but they just don't hit like the simple rig. So something I wanted to talk about is small, practical, affordable rigs are very good for an entry-level dabber. Don't think you've got to spend a lot of money. Get something kind of small. You're not buying a bong. You're buying a dab rig. There's a big difference in smoking a dab than smoking a bong. When you smoke the bong, the idea is to light the bowl and smoke until you get that big glass chamber, that big space, all that area filled with the volume of smoke, and then you carb it. You pull the bowl or you pull the carb, and then you suck, and then all that smoke goes into your face all at once. You get that big bong rip. When we're smoking dabs, we don't need to burn the flour and smoke for so long and fill the chamber. We just need smoke vapor, basically, uh, to go through the water to cool it down so it doesn't roast my esophagus, and then I need it to get into my lungs. I'm not really trying to fill up a big tube and clear it. I can kind of manage that enough with the carb cap by filling the chamber, the little uh, the can on the rig, and just fill it enough and keep it going, but I don't like a big bong. I'm not going for a big bong rip. With the big bong, you got to smoke forever. You just keep inhaling and inhaling, and you don't even get any smoke until you finally pull that carb. With the little rig, uh, as soon as I put my dab onto the banger, as soon as it hits the dab nail and I start sucking, I'm getting a fat dab to my brain. I'm going to cough. My eyes are going to cross. I'm going to go red-faced. That's what I'm looking for. So a smaller practical rig is ideal for especially a new dabber. That's what I use is a very small practical rig. It doesn't need a lot of perks, a lot of swirls, a lot of twisties. It doesn't need to be a recycler. I do enjoy my recycler rigs, my in-cycler rigs, my fancy shit, but honestly, my favorite rig doesn't have any of that shit. So if you're going to get a rig, uh, don't think that you need to spend a bunch of money. Uh, all the glass sellers out there right now are going, damn it, Jeff, we're going to make some money. Just get a rig that functions. It's all about how it works. I prefer a flared out mouthpiece. If the mouthpiece is too little on a rig, I take a big dab. I feel like I get built up concentrates on my lip. I don't like that. I like a flared out mouthpiece. I like something about hand size. Uh, and I mentioned before, I like it when I go to take the dab that I can look at the banger and not go cross-eyed. I don't need to be cross-eyed with that. So I like a smaller rig. The other things that I did not mention is that you're going to need a torch. You're going to need some way to torch that nail. Do you have a torch? We usually just use a creme brulee torch. Uh, Newport makes a good torch. There are a bunch of, a bunch of great torches out there. Um, again, you don't have to buy the super expensive torch. Uh, those expensive torches will will die just like that cheaper torch. So get the torch that fits your budget, budget that makes you happy. The next thing you're going to need is a dabber. If you've got a rig, you've got a banger, you've got a torch, the next thing you need is a dabber. You need something to scoop up that concentrate and put it into the banger. Then I would recommend a carb cap. A uh, carb cap that fits the banger and goes kind of deep down inside. If you are using a, uh, a terp slurper, most of my advice will not work for you. I'm not a fan of the terp slurper. Uh, the community may roast me for that. 
I am not a big fan of the bird feeder. It doesn't do anything good for me in my dabbing style. I don't like it. I strongly prefer a flat top banger, round bottom, flat top with a carb cap. Let's get it that way. That is my preferred uh, method of dabbing. But uh, so you may need a carb cap. The carb cap will definitely increase the quality of your dab uh, all the time. Another thing I recommend is Q-tips. As soon as you're done dabbing, grab a, Q a good quality Q-tip. Don't get the shit that melts. Those cheap Q-tips will melt. Get good uh, like glob fathers or dab mops or something like that. Some good quality Q-tips. Uh, or if you go to Dillard's and go to the makeup section, those Q-tips, those are great. Uh, they're makeup Q-tips. They're better quality than the shit you use in your ear. Those will melt. Uh, so get some Q-tips. As soon as you're done dabbing, grab that Q-tip and clean out the residual oil or the residual wax in your banger, and that'll help you keep it clean. Uh, also, I recommend some rubbing alcohol. You're going to need to clean that dab rig. All your tools are going to get sticky. 91% isopropyl alcohol is your friend. In a previous episode, I did recommend a product called Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal is available on Amazon. It's a great product if you can afford it. Uh, heat it up a little bit. People think I'm crazy when I say that. The instructions say to heat it up a little bit. It works so much better when it's hot and you cannot heat up the alcohol as hot safely. You could probably, but I'm not going to do that. But heat up the dark crystal. That shit will clean your glass quite quickly. Another thing I'm going to recommend, they don't pay me to say this, but if you want a really nice and smooth dab, check out the dab right. Uh, that's a good product. Uh, the dab right. You just basically set your banger above it and it'll measure the heat on the surface of your banger. You tell, you set a temperature. You tell it, I want to dab at 650. And when it's 650, that fucker beeps and you take your dab. It's really great. Um, so the rig that I use most of the time, somebody on YouTube asked me, what is that rig? The rig that I was hitting on the previous episode was a Hitman sidecar with a hammerhead perk. Nothing fancy. It's made by a company called Hitman. It's called a sidecar because it's got a can and the mouthpiece comes off the side. That's a sidecar. It's got a hammerhead percolator on the inside of it, which means the downstem goes straight down. Then it goes to the left and to the right, and it's got holes facing the left and right. It looks like a hammer. If I had it here to show you, it'd look like, it, like Thor's hammer. It's a Hitman uh, sidecar with a hammerhead perk. That's what that is. So if you're looking for that, it'll be hard to find because I don't know if they're making those. Hitman, however, is coming back. Check your local glass shops. Check their website. Harass them on social media. Where was I going next? Not a bong is what I wrote. I've already talked about why not a bong, why I prefer a little rig. I've talked about the torch. If the torch is not something you're comfortable with, or maybe if you're going to be traveling a lot, maybe the torch isn't for you. Um, driving and hitting a torching a dab nail is kind of challenging unless you're a pro. Allegedly, I wouldn't recommend it. I've never done that. Wink, wink. Something like a Puffco, uh, something like that. Maybe a little better for you if you're not into the torch, if you need to be discreet, if you got kids in the house, or if you're going to be smoking in the car. That dab torch and the hot banger in the car can get quite dangerous. If you're not super uh, coordinated, if you are clumsy and accident prone, maybe consider something like the Puffco. Also think about the e-nail. If you're clumsy, you'll burn the shit out of yourself with the e-nail, but you don't have to mess with the torch, and it's always there ready to rock. All right, I feel like that's a good recap of the things I may have missed on the 710 episode. I hope I got you up to speed. If there's any more stuff that I missed, of course, please do send me an email. The email address is hotmail.com. I will get the updates on the show. Now, let's talk about more grow questions. I was recently asked a question um, that I'm asked a lot, and I don't know if I address it enough publicly. I don't know if I've said this enough to where people uh, know my answer. So not only am I a podcaster, I'm also the uh, the breeder for Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. I own Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. I make uh, high-quality, regular, and feminized seeds. 
So somebody asked me today, again, how do I feel about people breeding with the seeds that I have created? And I've always had the same answer. Uh, hopefully, I will always continue to have this attitude and the same answer. But the answer is, uh, go ahead and breed with my seeds. If you acquired my seeds in an ethical way, if you didn't steal them or rip somebody off for them or lie to somebody to get them, if you got them in a positive way, I give you full permission to breed with the seeds that I've made. I'm not territorial. I'm not, uh, I guess territorial is the word that I'm not possessive with my seeds. You paid for them. They're yours. Have a good time. Just like all the seeds I bought, or let's talk even further down the line. I didn't invent cannabis in any way. Um, we all know that Willie Nelson and Bob Marley invented cannabis in 1952. If you don't know that, read the story. So I did not invent cannabis, which means I did not have seeds to start with. I didn't just sneeze and have male seeds and sneeze and have female seeds or sneeze and have a male plant and cough out a female plant and start breeding. I had to get seeds and plants somewhere. So I'm working with other breeders' plants and other breeders' seeds. So if I wasn't using other breeders' shit, then I would not be breeding or working with cannabis in any way. Every plant that I used use had to come from somewhere to get me started. I didn't I didn't invent this cannabis. So uh, that being said, I give you permission to breed with anything that I have put out there. I do have a couple of uh, stipulations and maybe a couple of by the ways with that. It would be cool if you give me credit when you breed to my stuff. If you make a cross and you put it out or you talk about it on social media, it would be kind of you to say, this is my whatever you're going to call it. Today, we're going to call it black microphone. This is black microphone and it's my this cross to Rasta Jeff's whatever. Just tell people it's the Irie Genetics cross in there. Uh, honestly, if you're a new breeder, if you're getting started, that may give you an advantage. That may help you out. But also that just shows uh, shows respect and gives me credit. It tells people what you're working with. Never, ever, uh, in any way, for any reason, change the names, change the stories, and change the crosses of your stuff, of my stuff, of any stuff. If you're breeding, tell the truth. We need to know what's in there. We need to know what plants were used to make that cross. Many people are using cannabis as a medical uh, medical remedy, and they want to know what genetics they are smoking because it'll have certain effects for certain ailments. I know some people that won't smoke a sativa, like, nope, I'll be too high, I'll have a panic attack. I know some people that really love certain strains and really hate certain strains. So let's stay honest with the labeling and let's not change any names. That's really important when you do go breeding with anybody's stuff. Just give us credit, honor us, honor your elders. I think it's really, it shows a lot when you reveal your source. A lot of times you'll hear me say, I learned this from this person because I'm not the Wizard of Oz. Like I said, I did not invent cannabis. I'm also not a weed genius. Uh, I've got a lot of mentors, a lot of teachers, a lot of people around me, and I absorb information very well. But I do not think I'm the Wizard of Oz or some cannabis guru. guru. I just read a lot and absorb a lot of information. So I do give you full permission to breed with my seeds. Another thing I'm going to ask for is if you do go breeding with my stuff, maybe create something and then breed with it. I know you've got to work with it to breed with it, but if you're gonna put stuff out to market, here's what I'm asking. If you plan on putting, if you're gonna make seeds for yourself, have fun, do whatever you want, breed them, Paul and Chuck, share with your friends, do your thing. If you plan on putting seeds out to the market, this is what would be polite. Don't just take my, what's your, what's popular right now? We're gonna say fist bump. If you haven't heard about the cross fist bump, you're missing it, check it out. Uh, iregenetics.com slash iree-direct, I think will get you there, but check out iree-direct. Get yourself a pack of fist bump. That is sour diesel to arise. So you've got yourself a pack of fist bump and you wanna make a seed company. You can find a male or a female out of that pack of fist bump and breed it to something else and make your own starter male and use that boy 
for your seed company, but don't just use my fist bump and find a boy and start a seed company off of my fist bump. You can if you want to, but it would be more polite, it would be more yours if you took a male fist bump from me and a female plant from any other breeder out there and crossed those, then you find your male out of that and then you use that male for your projects. That kind of, that that does, that makes you do a little bit of work. That That means that that just shows that you care, that you put some pride into it, that you put some effort into it. You didn't just buy my shit and then just start using my shit to start your own company. Now, people are going to say, Rasta Jeff, you're making Jack the Ripper F2s off of Subcool's company. Yes, that is very true. Let's talk about that for a minute. Um, there are a lot of things to unpack there. First of all, Subcool was somebody that I feel uh, was my mentor. Subcool was one of my heroes. Subcool taught me a lot about this business. Subcool taught me what to do. And also, I always say Subcool taught me a lot of what not to do as a cannabis breeder, as a cannabis person. Um, he made a lot of mistakes, but he also made a lot of headway. He carved the path that many of us are walking now. So I felt that it was my responsibility almost to make a tribute strain to Subcool when Subcool passed away. Rest in peace, Subby. Love you every day. I miss you, bro. You honorary motherfucker. But uh, Subcool's gone. So I took it upon myself to continue some of Subcool's work. Subcool does not make F2s. Subcool, a lot like myself, was an F1 monster. He had a couple of killer males, and he would pollinate everything with those males, and it would work. So he had a good plan, a good strategy, and Subcool would tell you, if it ain't broke, don't fucking fix it. So Subcool was continuing on that path. Subcool would have never made F2s of Jack the Ripper. Jill may have uh, Jill may have inspired that. Jill may have thought about that along the way. She's more uh, that way in breeding, but Sub would have just kept making new shit. So Sub was never going to make the Jack the Ripper F2s. I love Jack the Ripper. It really does something special to me. Uh, it gets me lit in a way that I really like, and it honors a good friend of mine, uh, my mentor, my hero who has fallen. Also, I just mentioned Miss Jill. Miss Jill uh, for a long time was, uh, I think they may have been married when sub passed. They, uh, they had a rocky relationship is the best I'll say right here. Jill wouldn't mind me saying that that's fucking well known. I'm pretty sure they were separated, but still married when sub passed. However, Miss Jill was a big part of TGA team green Avengers, which was part of, that's what Subcool seed company it was Subcool and Miss Jill. They were TGA. There were other people involved also in TGA, but to the best of my knowledge, Sub and Miss Jill were the core of TGA, the Green Avengers. Now, after Subcool passed away, I did the responsible thing. I reached out to my friend and fellow breeder, Miss Jill, and I said, hey, do you care if I work with Jack the Ripper? I want to make F2s and I want to make a bunch of outcrosses. And she said, you know what? I'm done with Jack the Ripper and Sub's obviously done with it. You've got our blessing. Have fun. Do your thing with Jack the Ripper. So I did my work with Jack the Ripper with the blessing of the widow of the breeder who made it, who was also involved in the company. So I feel like I've got permission. I did my due diligence. I did my, it's grace. I did, I, I've got grace. I did what I needed to do to keep the relationship strong, to keep the business strong and to not feel like a dickhead about it. If you feel like a dickhead about it, you know inside that's when you are doing something wrong ethically. All right, so yes, you can breed with my seeds, but follow the rules. Very few rules. Don't change the names. Respect the breeder and pay homage and tribute to the breeder. Then don't go breeding with just my straight up male. Do some work, find your male, then do the work, sell those seeds if that's what you choose to do. Something else I should mention, bro, I like seeds too. If you're making shit with my crosses, send me a 10 pack. Come on, I'll take them. I just might grow your seeds out, find something cool and breed it back to some of my other shit and then send you more seeds. It goes that way sometimes. People get gifts in the mail all the time. Also, I like clones of keepers. If you grow some of my seeds and you find a good keeper, let me know. I do like clones. Um, where are we going from there? 
Um, talk to the breeder. Just tell the breeder, hey, this is what I want to do and see if they have a project similar to what you're going to do lined up or something. You may end up getting to work with the breeder. You never know what could happen. The breeder, well, a lot of us are really cool. Talk to us, communicate with us. A lot of us have our own discords, our own social media. We want to be your friend. We're weed growers and we're bros too. Talk to us, see what we are up to. Another important thing I've already mentioned, don't change the names, don't change the story. You will be found out. There's a story behind every plant. There's details behind every plant. Somebody gave you that plant. Somebody gave you that seed. Somebody knows the truth. Don't fuck it all up. Let's keep this cannabis story real. There's so much bullshit uh, behind the cannabis plant, behind the cannabis industry, cannabis lore. Um, We've got the internet now. We've got enough resources to clear up bullshit and keep things real. As a podcaster, as a breeder, uh, just with the mindset that I've got, I feel like I'm sort of a cannabis historian. It's my responsibility to make sure that strain details, cannabis history, that all this shit is correct. So help me out with that. You guys don't fuck up the story. Don't convolute the story of your plants, of your strains. If you don't know, you don't have to chime in. Definitely don't make some shit up and do not change the names. Don't do that dumb shit. When it comes to breeding with my seeds, that was the long rant. The short version is fucking go for it. Have a good time. I encourage it because it's kind of an honor. Like if you're going to use my plants as breeding stock, that's saying that I made good enough shit to where you trust in it, that you want to breed to it because you like it that much. It's like saying my beats were funky enough. You wanted to sample them for your album. All right. I appreciate that. Do breed with my seeds. I've got another thing I do want to talk about here. Somebody today asked me in a discord chat, big shout out to my friend who asked me, you know who you are. They said, if you could use any plants for breeding, what two plants would you select? And I thought that was a very good question. Uh, My answer though, was probably not what everybody was hoping for because I don't have two plants in mind that I would love to breed because I can't just tell you that I want to breed to some shit because of the names of the plants like apricot kush and fucking vanilla sky would probably taste and smell really good, but that's just two names. What does that have to do with those plants? Uh, anything with the plants other than names that some person arbitrarily labeled these plants. I like to pick my breeding pairs by seeing plants. Sometimes I'll be growing out some seeds looking for a female and I'll see a male in there and I'll go, shit, wasn't looking for a boy, but that dude right there has got to go into a breeding project. We got another male coming up that we're having a hard time getting, we're, we're running some more pheno hunts and we're having a hard time getting rid of some boys because they're showing such potential and it's really hard. So to choose plants just based on names and things without actually seeing plants uh, for a breeding project, I don't think that's right. That's like just uh, scrolling through the phone book and picking a boy name and a girl name and putting them on a date and hoping that it works. I need to actually see the plants. I need to see, uh, I want to see the plants in veg. I want to see the plants in early flower, mid flower and late flower. I want to see what they look like just before harvest. I want to know what the buds taste and smell like. I want to know the density of the buds. I want to know the buzz that it gives me. I want to know what happens if the room got too hot, if the room got too cold, if I took off too many leaves, if I didn't take off enough leaves. I want to know a lot of details about these plants before I choose to breed with them. So just knowing by the name isn't really uh, a way that I would choose to select my breeding pairs. Now let's talk about uh, ways that I actually would do it because I don't want to shoot down your question without a good answer. Um, currently I've got a King Solomon male. You guys know King Solomon. That's an arise male. That's kind of 50, 50. I know the terms indica and sativa are kind of outdated. Those are going away, but 
If you were going to label it as an Indica or a Sativa, my Arise, my King Solomon leans a little bit Sativa, but he's kind of 50-50-ish. He's kind of 60-40, but he's real close to the middle. He grows real well. He's got a great buzz. That one's kind of 50-50. Then I've got the Jack the Ripper male who is real Sativa leaning, real Sativa heavy, probably 70-ish, 75-ish percent Sativa. Then I've got the BC Lemon Skunk male, which... Uh, that's a lot of sativa, which just straight lemon funky flavors in a real particular growth pattern. So if I were going to pick more plants to breed with, right now I would be looking for a really short, squatty, broad-leafed male that finishes in like eight weeks and produces gassy, skunky aromas. Maybe like a Moon Tower male, something that's more uh, couch-locky because everything else I'm making is really, uh, it's a head fuck. I like panic attack weed. But to broaden the catalog, uh, to bring some new shit in, maybe I need something uh, more mellow, more indica dominant is the old term we used to use. Some big, broad leaves, some gassy aromas. Get that funky, gassy aroma, that maybe a hint of those burnt tennis balls. Get that and then breed that to all of the other really sweet, tropical, candy-flavored females that I've been collecting. The Strawberry Starburst, uh, the Golden Goat, the Lemon Skunk, of course, uh, the Lemon Skunk female. I do have a Lemon Skunk male and a female, just because I'm sure it does get confusing from totally different breeders, different batches, but should mention that. But I think the thing I would be looking for now would be more of like a broadleaf indica type of male that finishes in eight weeks, because that is very different than everything else that I've got in my catalog. And when you're breeding, things that are very different is when you have great success. So I think that would work well for me. Maybe a Moon Tower male or possibly a cream male may be good. There could be a cream male hidden somewhere. You never know what. Make sure you check on the website. Follow for details. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers. I think that includes you. All of you beautiful cannabis enthusiasts out there, all of you podcast listeners, I do want to thank you once again for listening to episode number 758 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I had fun recording this one. I hope you had a good time hanging out with me. If you feel like the show was educational, informative, or entertaining, maybe you just want to throw me a couple of bucks because I helped out your garden, all you have to do is check out patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart all of the information you need to support the show will be right there on the screen of course there is a link in the show notes and in the video description that will get you right there everything else is on iriegenetics.com at iriegenetics.com there is a discord link there's a link to the irie direct page where you can grab your seeds right now at discounted prices make sure you check out the website iriegenetics.com Dot com. I think that's all I've got for you for this episode. You know, I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. I want to give a big shout out to my buddy Purple Skunk. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mama a hug for me.